Hey, what's going on, people? And welcome to the Other Way Podcast, best place to tune in for creators, entrepreneurs, and digital nomads. I'm Nick, and I'm David. So we wanted to switch gears a little bit today from our usual topic, right? So shout out how proud we are for Shang Chi's arrival. Yay! Yeah, this goes up to Simeon Liu for taking on a phenomenal role in Marvel's latest movie, Shang-Chi, right? Which I think, last I checked, it would hit number one spot in the box office, moved past 300 million mark. That's amazing. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah. So I believe it's it's quite a moment for Asians all around the world, right? Maybe less for me, because I live in Singapore. But maybe for you, David, you know, like curious to hear how you feel about it. Yeah, so I'm actually just not used to seeing a lot of Asians in Western films, right? And... To me, just seeing Simu Liu as the main lead in a blockbuster film, right? So this is not a documentary. This is not an indie film. He's in a major feature film. And I felt very proud, right? And for me, especially being American of Asian descent, I found it very relatable. There are scenes I could actually put myself in. And, you know, the spoiler alerts, we will talk about some of the scenes, but I'll just give you one example, right? When they're in the happy hour scene and they're just talking about their life over drinks they're making references to living in california and part of the scene takes place in san francisco and they're talking about the universities and what they're doing with their life i'm like this is what i have with conversations with my friends when i lived in san francisco at the time so for me it had an element of just relatability which i really loved Mm, it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, with your American uh, descent, right? I'm sure these things definitely speak a lot to you. I think for me, I've lived in Singapore my whole life. So, I mean, it's fortunate that probably Asian people are the majority race here, right? But I've also kind of learned following Wang Fu Productions, especially uh, my favorite video production, how on YouTube, right? They kind of shed a lot of light, light on the challenges that Asian Americans experience from living abroad, you know, from things like not accepted in the crowd they are in, you know, like to be the struggle of knowing which culture to identify with during the time of their growth whether they are really fully white or, you know, like maybe half Asian at the same time. Yeah, so I think this struggle that taught me like it's not that easy living in a place where majority are white people around you. Yeah, it's actually funny that you mentioned this Wong Fu Productions. I actually, they went to the same university that went to UC San Diego. I think they're the same year. Oh, cool. So I maybe met him once before he got famous with his production company. And I think you're very right in a sense that you're seeing sort of the march of the film industry. The film industry is evolving, especially in Hollywood, to be more inclusive, right? And it's not to say that I don't, I feel like, you know, we we can grow as an industry and we could tell these stories and it humanizes different peoples from different cultures. And I think for me growing up, I never really felt that it was something that I was hyper aware of. I just was like, oh yeah, this is mostly white people. And I never really thought about the fact that it could have been different Right. I just thought, oh, you know, this is the way it always is. And this is the way it probably will be. Right. Because our population is so small. Like, I think we're only five to six percent of the American population. So it's it's not a big number as a percentage basis. Right. But now you're seeing this proliferation of just of Asians in in Hollywood, something like this Marvel movie. Right. And also with Crazy Rich Asians that debuted a few years ago. I think it's amazing, right? And it's not that these movies are reincarnations of how we were portrayed in the past, right? What I was so amazed by this movie was that the characters was also were also very relatable, right? They were even funny. And I think especially that the main character was attractive. I, I know there was no romantic side story to the movie, but to portray him as eligible 
in the first place was very significant. And I think usually a lot of Asian male characters don't have that sort of they don't have that kind of association, right? When you look at, say, Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee, for example, these kind of martial art movies in the past, they were kind of fish out of water, a little awkward, right? Even the comedy was directed at them. But in this situation, it was they were generating their own comedy, which I think was actually very good. Those are some examples that I sort of saw with this new Marvel movie. Yeah, you know what's funny? I think as a little kid, interesting that you brought that up, right? I think as a little kid, I never thought there was such a thing as an Asian superhero. So not sure about you, but I I would find it weird picturing like an Asian person, you know, brown or yellow skin, for example, to be in a superhero jumpsuit, right? And it could be because we are just preconditioned because all the all the time during when young, you just see white superheroes are uh, on screen. So never would you think that, you know, like Asian would actually qualify as a superhero. So that, that has just been that ever since the start of time for me, right? Another, there was another thing that you brought up, which was really interesting. I think uh, along the way, when more Asian people started to be casted for the big screens, there was just this period as well that I noticed that Asian characters who appear on the screen rarely took center stage and even if they did they are kind of like dorky you know like they feel in a very funny way Uh, so they are never really like glorified and that is not exactly the truest image of Asians because you know Asians actually they work really hard or at least the majority of Asians that I know around me they work very hard and successes seems to be like a they are crazy success hunters right in, in a way yeah so some of it could be a bit irrelatable uh, that's also very interesting as well because I also feel that sometimes that's kind of a trope that's a stereotype that they portray Asians in the movie and I think there's actually two kind of main buckets right one is this kind of like you said the bumbling heavily accented, kind of dorky, something's kind of stupid, and they kind of run sort of the laundromat or like the convenience store. And I think that's part of a trope. The other trope is the other, which you mentioned, sort of the hardworking, keep your head down, power hungry, money hungry. And I think that's also a problem. And I think this why this movie was so interesting is because Simu, right, the main character, Shang-Chi, is portrayed at the very beginning as like this content valet parker in San Francisco. And and that is really nice. He's just like a normal guy, like any other job, any other race. He just has a has a, just a normal job. And I think that is very nice. Like it just shows that the range of characters can be diverse. Also just curious, like in terms of like what you saw on screen, right? Like Similu's like beliefs, you know, like the way he navigates lives over in America, you know, like do you actually feel like which parts especially do you feel connected to you want to just check like how accurate is it you know like for asian americans viewing the show you know like yeah, yeah i actually think in a way again the whole thing about the relatability there are certain if you actually look there are subtleties in the dialogue in the script that i thought very like wow they just picked up on it and there was this one scene where i think what what is one thing good about the movie is that the language switching so there are some scenes that were all in Chinese, Mandarin Chinese. And there were some scenes that were in English. And the language switching, the context switching, I think was done right. So maybe before in other movies that the main, the characters would just speak English, even though it'd be kind of awkward they would speak English because if they're all Chinese characters, why are they speaking English, right? But in this case, there'd be a reason. And I think that is actually very interesting. And not all the characters have the same level of Chinese ability, right? Or they play characters that don't have the same level of Chinese ability. And I think that's really important because I, for me, I speak just a little bit of Chinese and it's because growing up, my parents spoke English in the household. And so I 
relate to more Aquafina's characters where she doesn't pretend she doesn't actually speak a lot of Chinese in the movie, even though in real life she does. And there's one scene where she says, I'm sorry, I don't speak Chinese. And the character, one of the characters said, don't worry, I can speak ABC. And ABC doesn't mean like your ABCs, the letters. It means I don't speak American born Chinese, which is, or I, or basically he says, I could speak American born Chinese, which means or I could speak English as well. And so I thought that was very relatable because I always have that struggle where sometimes people expect me to speak Chinese. And I honestly, I really don't, which, which I think this movie is encouraging me to want to learn Chinese. And so maybe that's one of my next goals next year is to like live in a country where I can actually learn Chinese. And I think to your point about other sort of aspects of it, yeah, I mean, this movie, there is this realism element in it where he is just going about his life in San Francisco and I grew up in San Francisco and he's just a normal guy with a normal job. I'm like, well, I have friends who have normal jobs in San Francisco. And so I can see myself because it is so adjacent to what I'm used to. But obviously there's just like this backstory, right? Where he's a superhero, this sci-fi element that of course there's no sense of realism, right? It's a sci-fi movie at the end of the day. And, but I felt that personality is just very, very, it, it doesn't seem, they did the research, right? And it doesn't seem fake. And I think maybe the backstory about his struggles, about being in two different worlds, yeah, I, I think it's amplified through this backstory, right? Where he has superpower, where he comes from a family of, of fighters. But I think on a higher level about struggling to adhere to his father's wishes about being this one type of person. And he says, no, he fights back. He's like, no, I want to, I want to do it this way. I want to, I am who I am. And I think that element of pushing back or the struggle is very real. And I think that's what they did a good job of, of sort of bringing that and talking about that or showing that in the movie. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast right now, feel free to take a snapshot and share it on Instagram. Tag us at the other way cast yeah the share will help us spread the word about our podcast and if you haven't followed us yet please do so so you'll be notified of future episodes and now on with the show same here actually i personally love that this film especially i think the combined chinese and western cultures so surprisingly well so i wouldn't expect that from like a i know it's marvel right but but a lot of times when hollywood kind of tries to kind of showcase the chinese culture you kind of just expect like some of some of it to just go off but that's just you know because they have american directors and everything but this movie really showcase that they did their research really well. Like like I think before before this course we were also talking about them using bamboo for the buildings. The right? scaffolding. That was yeah, the scaffolding, right? In in the first few scenes. That was really accurate. Yeah. yeah. So the scaffolding, I think even there's the subtleties in the way they portray certain scenes in Asia where in America most of the scaffolding is wood and sort of metal framing. But in places like Hong Kong and in Macau, which is where part of the film is uh, portrayed in they use scaffolding but instead of wood and metal it's bamboo and sometimes it goes like 50 stories high and there's a fight scene when they're basically fighting in a building and there's bamboo scaffolding and i think that was like wow that's that's very accurate <laughs> not not fighting outside of a building obviously but the fact that they're scaffolding around a building in macau and yeah I, that was really interesting yeah. and to your point about the the way they did a good job of making these characters real. The director, he, I think, grew up in Hawaii. I think he's a Japanese-American descent. And he, when you interviewed him, they just basically said that, yeah, he wanted to have, he wanted to have characters that he grew up with. 
And that's how I kind of felt like, yeah, these are characters that I could have grown up with as well. Hmm. I think I also especially like how the movie showcase Simu Liu struggle against like being both Western and Eastern, having both Western and Eastern cultures within him, right, in his family line. That kind of struck home for me. I don't know why. Because I think in a Western culture, I may be wrong, but I think people tend to try to find ways to move forward with unhappy things, so with love and forgiveness, right? Because that's often talked about openly in that culture. It's all about like finding ways to love your life, you know, love the circumstances and then try to move forward. So I think Western culture also sometimes teaches us how to chill and let loose sometimes, you know, like I think life, it is what it is and you try to find ways to get better at it. Whereas I think in the Eastern culture, Chinese culture, however, sometimes you see a lot more harsher mindsets around life, like things like uh, blood will have blood, <laughs> right? Like a murder will avenge another murder. So, so I think it's a bit of a karmic rule of what goes around yeah, comes around. Yeah. That is also present in the Western world, right? But I think Eastern world, some cultures tend to be stick themselves closer to that. So I think it's interesting to see, you know, especially in Similu's battle between, you know, uh, while, while he's navigating his battle, you know, there's these two cultures in him and he's trying to find out, you know, which mindset should I get closer to, you know, because I think I know of both cultures. How, how do I move forward as me, as Shang-Chi, right? So that was very interesting for me and it, it really struck home for me because I think Singapore, we are, we used to be very Eastern culture, but I think nowadays, I think uh, as we progress, we are starting to get in touch with more Western culture, especially. I, I think you brought up a really good point about sometimes in Asian culture, it's the weight of tradition and the weight of the past, right? It's in a, like Simu wants to be a new person and like start his new life and not be burdened with like things of his family or, or obligation. But of course it catches up to him, right? Where he has to go back and fight <laughs> the villain. But I think you brought up a good point, right? How sort of feuds can sometimes go on for generations. And I think it's maybe hard to, in a way, maybe remake yourself or it's, it's less, it, it is less talked about. Mm. I think also maybe American culture tends to be a bit more imaginative. Perhaps it's, it's got to do with the vocabulary that you guys use, right? Like you like to use like uh, words like uh, imagine if, you know, like I was wondering if. Whereas I think in Chinese culture, it's a bit more definitive. We're a lot more reflective in a way. Like, okay, what happened in the past? For example, you know, like, like these are what our ancestors did. Therefore, we should follow what they do, you know, and try to protect that and preserve that. Yeah, so it's a lot on preservation and taking by the rules that has been carved up by our ancestors but i think there's a small danger about that right because we no longer live in a world that was 100 years ago you know the, things have progressed the world is a lot more complicated these days yep so i think there is a room for us to grow if we are a bit more imaginative in how we tackle life in general right yeah i think that in this modern world right we need to we have to understand like our experiences make us who we are today but that doesn't mean that we are shackled to that right you could i would always say with this podcast the way we talk about the way we see life and having that, this growth mindset is that you could always take in new ideas if you really wanted to you could always remake yourself into something else into something better i would always say and i think that's really important and in a way this movie teaches you just that. I mean, he goes and he and he's, at the end of the day, like the, the victor, right, in this movie. But in a way, he discovers something about himself, his past, that he didn't, that he wanted to bury. But I think taking that, in a way, helped him become, or accept the fact of his, of who he is. And in a way, I think, remade him into something better. Yeah, I really like that whole, like, mashup of, like, 
American and Chinese culture there. Slightly unre unrelated, this conversation kind of reminded me of this term yappi. Also, I'm not, not sure if you've heard about it. I learned it from Wang Fu Productions. I think in the probably five, six years ago, they had, they had this yappy series, which was really interesting, right? So I went online to research it. So apparently, yappy reads as a yappy or young Asian professional is someone who spends his or her life chasing the right quote-unquote milestones, someone who is okay staying at a cushy 9 to 5 and never stop to question what else he or she could do. So typically goes to, this person typically goes to like a prestigious university, you know, like have a very practical degree like finance, you know, like secure a coveted job at a large corporation and that's pretty much the life of a yuppie. I'm not sure if you, you have uh, heard of this term before, David. Yeah, I've actually heard of this term a lot. It's used a lot in especially in America and probably Canada. I don't know about other parts of the West, but for me, the term is more general. It doesn't refer to one particular race or one sort of credentialed university or accreditation. It's actually just kind of any young urban professional who's probably in their 20s, maybe 30s. And you know, I would feel like I, I was a yuppie. I still am a yuppie. You are too. <laughs> and most of my friends are because they work in you know large cities, they are working professionals, so meaning like white collar jobs. And it's actually very funny that you mentioned that because the main character, the actor, Simu Liu, he was a yuppie. He actually, and so his backstory was, I think he studied accounting and then he worked for an accounting firm, but he was fired, I think half a year into his work for lack of motivation. He just didn't want to be an accountant, which is typically maybe what a lot of Asian Americans or Asian Canadians do, right? They get into these safe fields of work. And for him, he knew very early on that that was not for him. And so he, I think in a way, it was a blessing that he got fired because that started his acting career. And look at him now, when five years later, he's now a Marvel superhero. I think that's an amazing story. And it goes to show that, you know, you can, if it, if it speaks to you, if that yuppie life speaks to you, by all means do it. And I know a lot of friends who love that life, who thrive in their careers. But if it's not for you, you have to think critically about, okay, well, what do you want to do next? And I think that's how it spoke to me. I, 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 I just had a friend here who visited me in Tbilisi and he's well-credentialed. He's a law professor now. He worked his way up and he loves what he does. And I know some other people, when I went back home to San Francisco, when I had dinner with them, they're like, I just want to get out of this lifestyle. I don't want to be a working professional. I want to do something else. I'm just in creative. And I said, hey, that's great that you know it. And now I think it's t it's time to for you to have a plan. And they're lucky because, you know, they've worked, they've saved, they've made money. And I think it allows them to sort of feel more at ease to get to that next chapter, whatever it is. Just wondering also, like, if your term a yuppie over in the US, right, is it positive or a negative term? How, how do your American friends view it? Just curious. Yeah, that's so funny about the Asian thing because I don't think it's only centered on one race. I think I think white, black people and Latino people call them can call themselves yuppie. I could be wrong about that. But I don't think in terms of the connotation, whether it's positive or negative, I feel like it's maybe more neutral, but I do think there are bounds where it could be slightly negative and slightly positive. So for example, you know, someone who's maybe not a yuppie, it might say, oh man, look at you and your yuppie life, right? So it's in a way to to deride their sense of entitlement or their privilege, right? And then some people say it as a badge of honor. Like, yeah, yeah, like I'm, an, I'm a yuppie and I have this lifestyle and I'm very proud of it. So you're kind of, some people kind of claim that term for themselves and they might think it's positive. So I, I do think because of that, it kind of cancels each other out, right? A little bit of negative, a little, a little bit of positive. But I never really referred to that term 
to myself because I think for the longest time, all my friends were young urban professionals. And so you don't need to call yourself that when everyone else is like that. So I, I think that was that term was something that I've heard always in the background, but I've never used that to identify myself as one. Well, I think it's also interesting, right? I think these things are all part and parcel of like Asian culture described from the observation of an adjacent culture's uh, point of view, right? So also back to Shang-Chi as, as well as the many other movies right now showcasing more Asian people such as like Crazy Rich Asian, you know, Parasite, Minari. They're really helping to kind of normalize this Asian stereotype, right? And hopefully I think over time, color and race will just be an attribute, right? Not a central theme of any movie in Hollywood. Yeah, I think that, that is also my hope. Like, how is the Singapore movie industry like? I, I'm just, to take it back to where, in a way, Singapore, yes, it's an, it's not a Western culture, but you have like Western roots, obviously, with the history. Does Singapore, how do they see that movie in relation to, say, the Singapore film industry? Like, are there, is there more of a drive to tell other types of stories that are focused on Asian characters that are not necessarily from Singapore? I think Singapore productions are very much centered around telling the Singapore stories, right? So I'm not sure. I mean, because Singapore is kind of like a, a cosmopolitan city, we have multiple races here. So we definitely try to have different uh, stories talking about like uh, the different cultures, you know, we try to center it on, on different cultures periodically. But I think most of it is still all about sharing the Singapore story to the rest of the world. Right. For example, I think you recently watched this show called The Tiongbaru Social Club. I think it sounds like an artistic film, but I think all in all, it's also centered around like kind of telling the rest of the world what living in a Singapore neighborhood could be like, you know, like the, the typical stereotypes or personalities that you get to see in a neighborhood. They try to showcase it in, in a more fun way, right? a more fun, exciting way. So in time to come, it, my hope at least, I think where we are moving towards is that we become one race on its own. You know, we, we're not actually like split up in different races become one race and that's the human race and then you know like within within a human race there's just many different very colorful cultures you know that you can be a part of you know you can learn more about i think that that is really the vibrancy of the human race i i think to that point i think we just need more storytelling more stories about asian american culture western asian culture but also more stories about other other races, other cultures, other countries that maybe have not been talked about. That is compelling. That is a good story that will sell tickets at the movie theater. It diversifies the human experience. And I think that's very important. And even if you, I can only, I could count just on my hand, maybe five or six movies that have been released in America that have a mostly Asian focus. And it's not a lot, but I'm at the same time, I'm like, you know what, there'll be more in the future. So that gives me a sense of being proud that we are on a road to even more of these stories being told in the future. So that makes me really happy. And to your point, yeah, one, will there be one day when we look at each other as one human race? I mean, I, I, I hope so. I hope so. Sometimes lately it doesn't seem like it. But when you talk, you know, throughout my travels, I'm so impressed by how people just want to get to know me as a person. They don't really see me as a race. They just see me as like an international traveler. And I sometimes just like to just meet people and tell me their story. It enriches my life. And I think as a key takeaway from this movie, beyond just the learning, wanting to learn Chinese, is that we are, our roles are not reductive, right? I want to keep doing this lifestyle. 
traveling, podcasting, and even writing, you know, to be my own trailblazer. And I think that's what partially this movie is, that these characters are complicated and they're not just your automaton robot, I go to work nine to five and I don't really have a real personality, I'm not reductive. And for me, I thrive in that sort of, I like being different and I think that's really important about partially what this movie has taught me. Yeah, I think it's definitely where we're moving to. I mean, these days, if you notice, right, the world is just getting smaller. We're just sort of kind of merging into each other's like cultures. We're starting to understand a lot more, right? A lot more issues that weren't understood by the previous generations. I think this is also many thanks to like the whole internet explosion, right? So information is a lot more accessible to us right now. And that, that gives us a lot more ability to learn outside of our own current environment which in the past could have been our limited truth around you right they say they say life works in this way like everyone believes in their own what life is to them based on what they see you know what what the environment is but actually there's a bigger world out there right so it's nice i mean it's nice these stories are being shared these days these stories are being written that's why i think i think it also falls on the responsibility of us creators right it is to spread the good stories that need to be told to the rest of the world through these mediums uh, which is the internet right more, more of these stories you know can be enjoyed and it reaches the people outside of our immediate boundaries which is a very beautiful thing of the current generation right Exactly. Yeah. So I think today's episode is more of like a little fun episode. Nothing that that uh key to conclude like our previous episodes. But I thought this is just something worth discussing because I think it's really a huge stride forward for us in Asian culture. What do you guys think? You know, like would racial stereotypes be a thing of the past in time to come? And to you listening right now, you know what significance is Disney's Marvel's Shang Chi driving for you? If you're on Apple or Spotify, please hit us a follow. And if you've been enjoying this show so far, feel free to slide into our DMs on Instagram at the other way cast. That's T-H-E-O-T-H-E-R-W-A-Y-C-A-S-T. And also tell us if you'd like to hear us speak on a topic of your choice. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this podcast, please hop onto Apple iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review as this helps us gain more visibility on air, which gives us more opportunity to connect to more listeners like you. Right, that's it for now. Peace out. See you guys next week. See you next week and watch the movie you haven't yet. Bye.